Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Jote Maniac. And it's me, your other host, DM Celeste, aka Sea Witch. I just realized we don't have lag and it makes me so happy because the wow. last few recordings were oh, super fun. Nice. Super. Yeah, yeah, it's so nice when the internet's doing the internet. Speaking of the internet doing the internet, this is another episode where we're going to look at an article. I haven't named it because I didn't, I honestly didn't know what to do after I found <laughs> the article because they hooked me. They hooked me real good. They did. Yeah. This tagline, this is, yeah. this is pretty excellent. Dungeons and Dragons, 10 ways to use spells which make you a bad person. Oh, so judgy, but so accurate. <laughs> it is. And what, oh. what, I, what I thought was interesting was it, it ends up being a classic case of like, first thought, this is dumb. I don't mm-hmm. want to read this, but that's the whole point of this entire yes. thing. And then, and then I start reading it, yep. and ultimately I'm like, oh, these are really good points. So. Clickbait at its finest. Yeah, and I mean, we should say with a caveat, too, that I think there are a lot of spells out there that can... Um, uh-huh. Spellcasting by its very nature can get really, really dicey, especially when you have an, an entire school of magic called enchantment. So I think these were, these were some good picks, because these are ones that might not, like, obviously be you know used in a bad way but you can definitely use them <laughs> in evil ways yeah uh, with a little bit of creativity well i i mean you couple couple enchantment first off like whoa Wolf, uh, yeah. followed by necromancy because right. then it's some of it is the fundamentals of how yeah. how does it function the next one i think of is conjuration because that's super sketch most of yep. the time too like was it a thing that existed and you somewhere stole it else from where it was now you're forcing it to work for you is that uh-huh. how that works yeah until mm. it dies and then hopefully goes back um <laughs> okay so we will say this is this is an older one from comicbookreview.com and it is from jacob burkay is how I will go with that. And um, like I said, it's a little bit older, but again, all of this content is great for your table either way. I don't think this list is necessarily in an order as they often aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will just dive right in. Celeste, what is number 10? Magic Jar. So Magic Jar is a super weird little spell that when you do read it, I, I've never taken it or had a player take it, I think, during one of my games. But whenever I've looked at it, it is really, it's a pretty messed up <laughs> little spell. Uh, and I do I do absolutely wonder every time I've read it, who is using this and for what purpose. So I like that this article brings it up. And I mean, basically, Magic Jar you put a soul in a jar and then, you know, its body is basically empty. So it's pretty messed up. <laughs> so the other thing that I thought of is like in the, how I ended up approaching most of the article was like, okay, so I'm the DM. What am I going to do with these spells? Oh, yeah. You know, because I'm not, <laughs> you're not wrong. I can be evil. <laughs> these are the some of the worst case uses of these individual spells. So the other one I thought with Magic Jar was that it transfers what's in the jar with the the body. Yeah. So the thing is, if there's nothing in the jar, now you just have this soulless body. But if there is, then you've transferred them. Oh, and so God. what if you have like this ancient evil that's been waiting to be reinstated yeah. into something else? And that's what happens when you use Magic Jar. Oh, my God. Yes. That's... Yeah, and then when when the spell ends, the container is destroyed. Until dispelled is when it lasts, yeah. too. So that's, I mean, that's dope. 
I would love that story, you know, some that, you know, the mummy awakens, oh my God, and is like putting people in the jars and you have to go and find the jar to stop this thing. Otherwise, it yeah. just keeps on going. This is a good pick. This is a good pick. I like it. Starting oh. off strong. Oh, don't worry. The <laughs> Yep, we got to <laughs> Looking at the next one. I know. Oh my gosh. Okay, so the next one is heat metal, and they also put in parentheses, shake and bake. Oh my god, you monster. <laughs> ah, because, and it's one of those, gosh, because taking armor off, especially armor that would be so negatively affected by heat metal, takes a minute. Yeah. Even if you're like throwing it off. And that means one minute, aka 10 rounds, would constitute. 20d8 fire damage slowly cooking your player or enemy to death yeah yeah that is is pretty nasty again it it i feel like in game we don't get to see heat metal really shine because it is a constitution saving throw and i mean almost every creature in the world is like awesome at yeah. those but yeah if especially if you're using this spell on a humanoid or on a commoner or something like this could get really nasty thinking of that yeah um basically yeah cooking someone alive just because yeah. they're wearing wearing armor Ooh, shake and bake what the heck Oh man! It's what is this bad. guy's name again? How dare uh, you? How uh, dare you, Jacob? <laughs> Jacob, it's bad. I mean, but again, you're you're thinking about like the the uses in a darker campaign that your players are playing evil characters, or again, um, if you're trying to really set the tone of a specific villain. Yeah, because you could even yeah. tell a tale as bad as this one, where you just use good old everyday heat metal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and oh man, that's also we're- just. You can use it to just be normal day things of just like that's how like a town is surviving. Yeah, I'm going to make noodles how, like yeah. pot. <laughs> yeah, or like it's this frigid environment. <laughs> Making some tea. Metal. Yeah. So many great uses or shaken. Or this or shaken bake. It just reminds me so much anime moment of that scene when uh, Roy Mustang in Full Metal Alchemist oh, yeah. just burns lust oh, yeah. to death. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Here we go. Level eight or uh, number eight. Glibness. Again. Yeah. So they mentioned not an inherently evil spell, but giving a player a flat 15 as a charisma check uh, for a long period of time. Yeah, that that could definitely be very bad <laughs> if you're running around just from zero to charisma to, you know, 15. And all of a sudden you can convince anybody of anything and really take that. Take that yeah. far. Well, it's, yeah, like you had mentioned, those those spells in the enchantment realm. But also, this is basically saying, with the right class combination, this 15 can turn to a 25. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, you want to start a cult? Have the spell, you know, like that kind of... Yeah, short of who is going mm-hmm. to not be bamboozled by a 25 yeah. on every check that you're doing. Oof, yeah, that's rough. That's yeah. That's just rough all around. Yeah, the implications of what you could do with that is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that falls into because you think of the separate categories of you know a five to ten for a check and ten to fifteen yeah. like twenty five to thirty like that's that's like that's, god level. Mm-hmm. E. Okay, and that leads us to imprisonment, which is just awful. Oh my god, yes. Um, imprisonment. This spell is banana pants. If y'all haven't read it, I I recommend doing it sometime. It is yeah. Imprisonment is pretty 
weird. And and it it, it works exactly how, how you think it would. And then it also has a bunch of other ways it can work. Like you could use imprisonment to put a creature to sleep for hundreds of years. So like some Sleeping Beauty stuff, or you can seal them in another plane or like... So there's some really harsh uses of this. And again, it's one of those spells. It's like, well, if you have a big bad you know, that you're facing down in your campaign. Imprisonment might be the only way to actually stop them. But, I mean, on the other side of that coin, you can absolutely do this to normal people or to, you know, good people. So, yeah, it's it's a moral dilemma. Yeah. Yeah, it's a ninth level spell, so... But at the same time, yeah, it's literally buried alive in a magical force that's mm-hmm. just large enough. Chaining, hedge prison, minimus containment, slumber. yeah. So, I mean, imprisonment is a very narratively powerful spell because I feel like so many stories in the fantasy genre have something like this. You know, it starts when a creature is freed from that gemstone they've been trapped in forever and seek revenge or, you know, that's the that's the thing. You need to get the MacGuffin so you can seal the thing inside this and, you know. Yeah, and then you even have that trope follow into like a lot of comic book stuff. Yeah. Where, like your go-to DC solution is like, I've thrown them into the Phantom Zone. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like a thousand years later, they pop out. And guess what? They're less They're mad. Than <laughs> So yeah, I mean, good, good pick. Uh, absolutely. There's, yes. If you are, if you imprison anyone with magic eternally, there's some part of you that's a bad person, even yeah. if you do it for a good reason. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a rough go. Speaking of, what is our number six? Our number six is, yeah, uh, so I've always pronounced this Gaius, but is there another way to pronounce that? I've ooh. heard people say it's pronounced Gesh is another way people pronounce it. Gish. I'm listening to a video right now, as I said, because it's an Irish word. It should be gish, apparently. Huh. Well, yeah. I didn't nice. know that. So gish, which is a, yep, that is another one of those spells that I have used this spell a lot with um, like evil beings or chaotic beings, basically just ensuring that, you know, the adventurers are going to do what they promised they were going to do. Yep. So almost like an additional, like if you break the contract, there's going to be consequences. Uh, so the Gish spell kind of reinforces that. Basically, it, it forces a creature to do a certain thing or go on a certain path. Uh, and then the spell only ends once that, that objective is complete. Yeah. And then you have a good old 5d10 psychic damage if you don't. If you don't, do it. Um yeah, so that's uh, yeah, pretty damn evil is the quote here, and I think that is yep. is accurate. Ooh, ooh, enchantment yeah. spells. Yeah. Then up next is good old disintegrate. Oh, disintegrate to ensure that making you know reviving your player or whoever it may be is just exponentially harder. Yep, uh, classic villain spells. Yep. <laughs> On this too, I mean, yeah, I, basically you you completely destroy a body if this is hit with a disintegrate, and um, it makes it really hard to get them back with magic. So, well, I also think of like waiting. This is a terrible, even worse version of waiting until the player goes down and then casting and it. then casting it. Oh yeah, is it sure, sure to work? 
Because it really is just so extra. Like, yeah. not only not only am I going to deal a massive amount of damage, I want to vaporize you. Yep. Got it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. Super evil. Uh, good pick. Good pick. Uh, which brings us to our next one. Surprise. Wish. Wish. Shocking. Of course. I mean... Man, any player that really wants to use a wish in a campaign, I think, is evil because it hurts your DM. Um, but <laughs> but <laughs> even even if it's a good wish, it's even if evil. it's a good wish, it uh, really ruins their day. Um, but yeah, uh, this is yeah, you could do a lot of bad stuff. Well, yeah, there's no, I mean, there's no limit on what it can do. I mean, there's limits on. I mean, if you turn the dial down, you're just guaranteed to get what you want. But yeah. if you turn the dial up, then you can basically wish for anything at all. Yeah. I do I do appreciate that in 5th edition particularly. It takes the time to really spell out what wish can and cannot do. And then it says it could do more, but it must be a conversation between you and the DM to determine whether or not it can. Whereas like in 3.5, wish was greater wish, you could do anything, like without any kind of restrictions at all. At least in 5e, there is like, you do have to have a conversation. So your DM has to be complicit in your evil (laughs) now if you're going to use it to do anything. Uh, which is which is nice, uh, but boy, if you have a DM that's like, go for it, you know, y'all could do some nasty stuff together. Yeah. I mean, even the even the ones that are already listed, you can yeah. do some pretty nasty stuff. Because yeah. I also think of like, I mean, you could turn an economy upside down because mm-hmm. you're creating twenty five thousand gold piece in value from an object. Yep. Or like if somebody, you know, resurrects a loved one or whatever, and then you can turn back time and make sure that didn't happen. Like that kind of. Yeah. Or if somebody else casts a wish to like save the world and you wish <laughs> you wish it away. Oh my god. Counter wish. Wow. Yep. <laughs> wish oh. off. Wish <laughs> off, wish off. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Are you ready for Oh, the next three? one's good. This is a good. True one. polymorph. <laughs> This is good. This is what a weird, true statement that is about this spell. Yeah. um, Yes. So again, this is like one of those classic, you know, spells that we see in so many fantasy stories. So like in fairy tales, of course, you know, the yeah, the prince who's been turned into the frog eternally or, you know, the the wizard who's now um, like a little owl or something, (laughs) you know, Um, it's good. True polymorph. Yep. This is a good pick. That's a great way to punish people, I feel like. Um, oh, and like, <laughs> I mean, the example used is the worst um, in that you've turned someone into something that is then edible yep. by most societies, and then you turn them back after they have already been mostly eaten. Yeah, that's... <laughs> what a... That's what messed a, up. <laughs> a bold, bold choice. I mean, the fun use was also... Because one of the go-to like polymorphs is a T-Rex because it is so strong. Yep. But the opposite is really funny as the example used of taking the T-Rex, turning it into something small, <laughs> and then when you need to, undoing that. Uh, my T-Rex in a box! Yeah! <laughs> Heck yeah. Love it. Very good. Um, I feel like the next one, I mean, this is pretty obvious. Create greater undead. Yeah, I mean, anytime... Well, <laughs> it's not inherently evil 
I guess. Because, yeah. again, like, necromancy has so many different stories, and you can play necromancers in a lot of different ways. Well, and often in your D&D world, you, you've established what happens to some degree with the cosmos post death like right. is the does the soul go somewhere else does i mean and you could you could literally cast a couple spells and you go find out for yourself <laughs> exactly where they go and what happens to them so yeah the idea of what's left behind just being only that yeah. um can absolve the idea um to some degree that like you know oh grandpa's just back working on the farm just like oh, he wanted no to be one is kinda, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as the example here but this one is definitely just creating a abomination that yeah, is to, only like to murder <laughs> to kill and murder uh yeah oh they even picked uh some really great monster art for this which is this is the oh, yeah. oh gosh what's the name of this creature it's in i think it's in volos Oh, man, it's like this giant undead that uh, its ribcage is exposed and it shoves its victims in the ribcage and they're like screaming to try and get out. Uh, I don't think I've used one yet in uh, one of my games, but it's always been on my wish list to use. <laughs> what is the guy? What is the, that's going to bother me? There you go. Wow, there's so many undead creatures. Did you know? Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Last up is certainly one that I didn't think of, but like can definitely be used for evil intent, and that is teleportation circle. Um, oh, I think it like you know a lot of the, the evil versions <laughs> harken back to like what you're doing with imprisonment. Yep. But it's just like ah, and you send them to the plane of fire where they instantly combust. You send them to the bottom of the ocean where they instantly just get squished by the pressure. But don't worry, folks. What if we turn that the other way and just like have the bottom of the ocean start coming out of this teleportation circle with the pressure that would be there. And now you just devastated anyone that's certainly on the circle anywhere near the circle. It was just, yeah. Yep. Uh, Um, Blown away. Literally blown away. Yeah. And what is, what is extra fun about this spell and why you could use it for evil uh, DMS? Perhaps there is no, there is no way to detect where a teleportation circle takes you before you step in through it. So the only way oh, yeah. you know where it goes is trusting the word of whoever made it. So and that's, luckily for you, they're using glibness. And yeah. So there you go. Combo. Check. We've done it. We've broken them all. So yeah, uh, there's no way to know. Um, like, if you're just, you know, Joe Commoner walking up, like... Um, but yeah, Teleportation Circle, this is a great pick. Because anything with teleportation, too, it just can get so squirrely. Yeah. I love it. Or opening a way for bad creatures to come in and invade cities or, you know, whatever it is. This can absolutely do lots of evil. So, good pick. Well, yeah, and I feel like it's, it has some really fun classic tropes around it as yeah. well as, you know, you... You know, how many countless scenes have we all seen where they're in the dark robes beneath the basement and they summon so oh, dark thing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Opening the way yeah. to hell. I think, uh, yeah, I think of like Castlevania. I think of like, I mean, even what was I watching? Oh, the runaways. Where, I mean, yeah, you just have so many like scenes of that. that um, Every episode of Buffy, you know, the high school opening up and big Cthulhu monster coming through, you know. Yeah. Oh, nothing like a hell mouth. But I also think of just like even just flooding something like how yeah. awful that is. Yeah. But, but we've done it. 
We've done I don't it. Know what we did? We, we we still never named it. I think we will name it Bad Spells, Good Times. Bad done. Spells, Good Times. <laughs> Love it. Good. Um, good spells, well, bad times. Oh, good spells, nah, bad times. Yeah. Okay. We do the review part now. Well, if you had a good time learning about these bad spells, uh, you should absolutely review us. Uh, leaving a review on your podcast catcher app of choice uh is the best way for us to you know help get the word out about the show because people you know like oh man what do i want to listen to scrolling scrolling oh wow this podcast has 10 billion stars that's where i'll start and that can be you helping us with that so you know review us and tell people you know to come and check out the show and of course you can always reach out to us via email at dmnastics at gmail.com and make sure to follow us uh for all these good you know tips advice tricks cool graphics uh on twitter at dmnastics uh me personally at c conowich and neil at joe moniac and for everything else on the network you can always visit blockpartypodcastnetwork.com and to some people that are not evil at least not that i know <laughs> of a huge thank you to the bards over on bombarded for our intro and outro music and you can find more about them at bombardedcast.com yeah let's head to the post-workout cool down and stretch with the light bulb light bulb on today's light bulb we will set sail and i say it that way because celeste tell me a tale of a wonderful time that you had recently yeah where you set sail yeah so i had the privilege of being one of the guest dms for an event called d3 at sea which was like a very fun week-long thing where basically we were on a cruise and the people who got to attend got to play games all the time so i was one of the dms who ran a group for this table and we got a bunch of cool stuff and sweet swag and rewards and stuff. But my favorite thing that I got, and I really want to tell you all about it, it is called the Giant Book of Battle Mats. And this is a product that I hadn't heard of before, but I, I can't believe that I've been living my life without it. Uh, it is by a company called Loki Games. L-O-K-E. But yeah, the giant book of battle maps is exactly what you think it would be. It is this huge, like, bound book that as you open up the pages, you can lay them flat. And inside there are beautifully illustrated battle maps that you can use, of course, you know, for your characters. So all you have to do is put down the book and you can put tokens on it and you're ready to go without having to draw, you know, terrible little butt trees or uh, anything else we do just to make a boring old grid exciting so i mean what's great about these pages too is they're laminated so you don't have to worry about like them getting messy on your table you can also draw on them with dry erase markers so you can add your own you know flair and this one that i have they have a ton of different ones available on their website uh but this one that i have it's 62 battle mat pages so there are yeah there are just a ton of different maps included in here and Honestly, like, I I hadn't seen this before I was running my games or anything, but I was able to find a great map for every encounter that happened during the week. It's just a really great selection, and they're all really, really cool and high quality. Yeah, and you have larger versions, smaller versions, and we'll have a link to the products page directly for 
them, but the the only issue is that if you are a U.S. person, you're gonna need to go somewhere else, uh, which they have links to. So don't don't feel bad. Because my first thought was like, all I could find was Amazon links, and I'm like, that's not really how I want to do that. If I if I don't have to, right? Uh, but then as soon as I tried to tried to go like look as if I was gonna buy it, it immediately kicked me over to Amazon. Anyways, ah, so, ding. We will have. Yeah, we will have links, but try to go through their website because I'm pretty sure they would even get a little bit of an extra kickback yeah, if you're going through so. their links to Amazon. But yeah, these are great. Like you said, use dry erase, use your minis. Um, you're not doing a – I mean, before we got on, we were talking about how I always get grief for how my trees look mm-hmm. um, when I draw on the battle map because I'm <laughs> just like, look, this is, a, this is only going to be on here for how many hours? And like it's just a top-down view of a tree. So yeah, whatever. It looks like a green cloud. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. <laughs> My minis are awesome. My trees are garbage. It's fine. Yep, yep, yeah. So these, I mean, these are very, very cool. So again, I mean, and check it out, uh, all the different options they have available. So that's Loke Battle Maps and Gaming Books. Uh, so that's L-O-K-E Battle Maps. Mats with a T, sorry, dot com. Uh, so yeah, hit that link and check them out because this is a great, great uh, gift for a GM in your life if you aren't a GM. <laughs> Exactly. And with that, though, we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym. But before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to join the forum, the Discord, Twitter, and anywhere else you can find us so you can take part in these challenges, exercises, and other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? <laughs>